live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Oh my goodness, how are you? Welcome on a Friday, October 14th, the year 2022. Is there a more beautiful day than today? Truly, absolutely, without question, without doubt, a Chamber of Commerce Day. So wherever you are, and whatever form or fashion that you're doing so, we certainly appreciate you joining us. We'll be here for the next two hours on a fun-filled football Friday. We'll talk about all the big games, all the big players involved, and uh, what's going to happen. And is Hendon Hooker to Tennessee this year what Joe Burrow was to LSU in 2019? That is the question. Because for LSU to get to the promised land, the litmus test was, can they beat Alabama? Well, Tennessee has their opportunity tomorrow as well. Can they get over the hump and uh, get rid of their nemesis? Did you know that um, the last time that Tennessee beat Alabama, the iPhone had yet to be invented? Think about that. 15 straight years. And yes, we know who is going to be the celebrity guest picker in Knoxville. The one, the only Peyton Manning coming back to Tennessee time. Um, We'll have all these stories and much, much more as my main man, uh, James Mesh, in the producer's chair, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. He's in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, near a television set, plop it on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, uh, game two in the uh, Bronx was postponed yesterday because of weather. They've done uh, had an early start in New York with the Yankee, <laughs> Yankees leading one game to zip. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton hit a two-run bomb early in the game, but the Guardians from Cleveland have tied it up at two apiece. They're in the top of the sixth. On that one, still to come um, with a 337 start, Atlanta and Philadelphia all tied up at a game apiece in the nightcap tonight. San Diego hosts the Los Angeles Dodgers. A couple of college football games today, Navy versus SMU, UT San Antonio versus FIU. We've got basketball on the front as well. Um, And... The Pelicans are uh, back in action. 
They will be at home tonight in the Smoothie King Center hosting Trey Young and the Atlanta Falcons as the NBA regular season tips off next week. Next week. Yes, indeed. Um, LSU versus Florida. The Tigers are um, departing campus as we speak. They'll be flying to Gainesville. One thing I know uh, different with Brian Kelly as the head coach as compared to all the other coaches around, um, whenever LSU played Florida, they would always stay in Ocala, which is horse racing company uh, country. Uh, and it was about a 45-minute drive from there to Gainesville. Well, Brian Kelly likes to take his team out on the field on a Saturday if it's a night game. And it's a 7 o'clock start in Gainesville, 6 o'clock our time. So he's going to take them. You don't want to spend two hours traveling, one hour there, one hour back. Being on, No, no, no. So they stay close. They stay really close to the stadium, which is I like it. I like it that way. You're not in a bus ride that long. And look, you got enough security. You can keep a place quiet. Coaches are fickle about that kind of stuff. Um, and conflicting reports on who's going to win, who's not going to win, this, that, and the other. Uh, it's um, crazy, crazy. What a ball game it was last night in Acadiana in high school football. Turlings Catholic versus Lafayette Christian. A Preston Welch touchdown pass with under a minute to go capped the uh, the come from behind win between these two powerhouses. Turlings Turlings wins it twenty one to seventeen. Uh, a seismic four four a battle. Turlings ranked seventh in the latest sports writers poll, but number one in what the all important LHSAA power ratings rallied to knock off LCA, who's number four in the power ratings number one in the writer's poll. So week seven of the high school football season got underway with a great, great matchup. And congratulations to both ball clubs who laid it all out on the line. Somebody had to win, and the Rebels were on the victorious side to improve to 7-0 and and 2-0 and in district play. The Knights are 5-2 and now one and one in district play. So that was a great, great start to um, week seven of high school football. Tom Brady was fined by the NFL $11,000 for violating the NFL rules by kicking an opponent during the week five win over the Falcons. Um, the NFL was trying to determine whether Brady should be punished for allegedly trying to kick Falcons pass rusher Grady Jarrett at two different points in the game on Sunday. Uh, although there appeared to be two kicks in the game, Brady will only be fined for one of them. Total fine, $11,139 for the I don't know where they come up with, the, with that kind of amount, but hmm, uh, there you go. So Tom Brady gets, uh, gets fined for... Kicking, attempted a kicking. Boy, Bruce Souter was one heck of a baseball player. The pioneer of the split finger fastball elected into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame in 2006. Uh, my favorite team, the St. Louis Cardinals, he was their closer. He has died at the age of 69, it was announced today. He played 12 seasons in the big leagues, four years with St. Louis before being inducted into the 
Hall of Fame. He was uh, the, the old split finger. He was uh, originally a 21st-round pick by the Senators in the 1970 draft, but he became a uh, figurehead and a fixture in late-game scenarios, one of the all-time best of the best. Um, Deshaun Watson facing a new lawsuit stemming from a 2020 massage. So another woman has filed a civil lawsuit against Watson um, after some things apparently happened during, during a massage session in 2020. It's the 26th known lawsuit filed against Watson, accusing him of inappropriate sexual misconduct or sexual assault during massages. This was filed Thursday in Harris County, Texas. Um, and so he's back in the building. He can't practice with the team for another month. He's expected to be back and ready to play in week 13 of the NFL season as he's serving an 11 game suspension. Um, so we shall see what happens. The latest on that some great games around those a question uh, in college football. There's great games in the NFL. We'll go through all of those as the day goes on. Um, we are brought to you each and every day by ShopRite tobacco plus discount outlets. There are 60 of them. You know that? in southern and central Louisiana uh, with great savings inside the store, great savings outside the store. You become a member of their Buku Rewards program. You can save in the store. You can save at the pump. You can just save. Like I said, if you can't shop right at ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets, well, you're just not able to shop right at all. At all. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase returned to the Superdome, scene of that, uh, the ending of the greatest college football season ever. And we'll see how many Burrow and Chase jerseys are in the Superdome. Uh, I don't think there'll be that many. I don't think people will do that. I think it'll cause all kinds of issues, but we shall see. Uh, the Pelicans getting ready to play there. Uh, season opener um, coming up next week against Brooklyn in Brooklyn. The the club announced that their first home game that next Sunday is a complete sellout. Um, and this is a another sign uh, that after two trying years, the public is showing some increased support for the team now that Zion is back. So their October 23rd game against the Utah Jazz is sold out, and they've had quite an uptick. Season ticket sales are up more than 25% compared to this time last year. The team sold all its floor seats, and it's on pace to sell more suites than it has ever before. So that's, that's exciting as basketball is coming up right around the corner. All right, um, those are your headlines of the day. We've got a lot to talk about. When we do come back, this Florida-LSU series, you know, we said that about Auburn, expect the unexpected. Boy, it's the same holds true in this series. And we'll hear from the two head coaches. Is it a referendum on them? First-year head coach Brian Kelly at LSU, first-year head coach Billy Napier at Florida. We'll hear from both of them and much, much more as we get rolling on this football Friday edition 
of the Jordy Helford Show here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the fighting Tigers of LSU in Southwest Louisiana. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back 15 minutes after, uh, 17 minutes after the hour, excuse me, on this Friday, October the 14th. I hope you're having a great time. A lot of people are out. Uh, fall break. When I, I, there's no such thing as fall break when I was in school. I think it's great. That's super. Enjoy it. I know LSU is out it's for fall break, and uh, that's terrific. Um, LSU versus Florida. Uh, this is, of course, LSU's permanent Eastern Conference opponent. Year in, year out, the Gators. And it's always been one of those must-see type of games um, that have had crazy, crazy, crazy um, things happen. Uh, fake field goals, throwing the ball over your shoulder, it bounces on the ground, it takes a perfect bounce and comes up. Tim Tebow getting in the end zone and flashing the cell phone after LSU fans got his phone number and just bombarded him with things. Crazy. And all we have to do is go back to the past two meetings between these two. In 2020, LSU went to Gainesville. They were 3-5. and five. Florida was a 24-point favorite in the game. 24 points. Remember, this had the fog and the flying shoe for the penalty that kept LSU alive. And LSU pulled off the upset. I mean, an incredible upset. Last year, um, back in Tiger Stadium, just at the beginning of the week, Kayshawn Buddha, we learned he'd be out for the remainder of the season. That the next day, Eli Ricks um, would have surgery for nagging injuries. So your two leading cornerbacks, Ricks and Stingley, out. Allie Gay, Joe Evans, out for the rest of the year. Major Burns, out. LSU was three and three without 10 starters. Without 10 starters. And LSU turned in an unbelievable performance and upset the Gators 49 to 42. Unbelievable. Can they do it a third year in a row as a two and a half point underdog? There's only one way they can do it. And is that if that is that is if they can mimic what they did a year ago, where LSU virtually had a non-existent running game. Very similar to what LSU's running game is now. Non-existent, except for the quarterback. Last year, Ty Davis-Price ran for a school-best 287 yards. 287. That is what the doctor would order. Here is Brian Kelly earlier this week with his opening thoughts on the Florida Gators. 
Looking forward to uh, obviously uh, playing at uh, Florida. Coming back from uh, disappointing loss last week, uh, guys were excited about the opportunity. You know, obviously they've had uh, an opportunity to uh, you know work hard this week and, and look forward to the challenge. You know, another SEC opponent, which uh, again uh, poses all kinds of problems. Great quarterback, uh, Coach Napier is an outstanding football coach, and uh, our guys are uh, excited about the challenge. Again, players uh, having meetings, just players themselves, no coaches around. I'm curious as to what a coach feels about that. Here's Brian Kelly's response. I mean, it was a breakout performance for him last year. I mean, you know, young uh, quarterback that, uh, you know, played very, very well on the road. That says a lot. I mean, that gave him a lot of confidence to continue to grow. I mean, look, I said this, I think, earlier in the week in my press conference. You know, there's some similarities between him and and, and Hendon Hooker in terms of size and physicality, um, you know, his ability to throw the football. These are similar quarterbacks, and, and... they're talking about Hooker as a, you know, a Heisman Trophy candidate. So, um, you know, he's got incredible skill. Um, we're going to have to do a great job of, of containing him. Um, they've got an outstanding offensive line that protects him very well and allows him to run the football, which gives him the opportunity to, you know, obviously have a balanced offense and, and throw the football because they're so good at running the football. So a uh, very talented player. Uh, That, of course, was Brian Kelly talking about Anthony Richardson, the quarterback, and all the challenges that he presents. This is a really good running team. They they distribute the ball around. They've got a former raging Cajun back there in Montreal Johnson who uh, yards after contact has been tremendous all season long. This is a really good running team. Back to what I had asked before, um, players only meetings curious as to what a coach feels about that is it worth it is it does it mean anything what is it we we talk about all these things LSU had players meeting about about the passing game well they got better passing but they got the doors blown off against Tennessee so here's Brian Kelly talking about these players only meetings yeah I mean you can have a lot of emotions after a loss uh, like we had the most important emotion is that they care and and this team cares and they care about the things necessary that, that go to winning. Look, the, the line is long for those people that want to win. The line is not quite as long for those that are willing to do the things necessary to win. And these guys want to do the things necessary uh, to win. And so that's what they're asking. They, they want to know what they can do um, to be better, to continue to work towards our process of you know, being excellent. You know, average is not good enough. I applaud them. I think it's outstanding that uh, they have the right emotion. It's not one where they're pointing fingers and they want to be accountable and and be the best version of themselves. That's a good thing. This is um, Brian Kelly during his SEC teleconference call. Um, He was asked about Will Campbell um, and his expectations of playing, which if he does, it will be the sixth different starting lineup on the offensive line, here's Brian Kelly talking about his freshman left tackle. Yeah, Will was released from the hospital. Uh, he has uh, cleared all of the testing uh, necessary for him to uh, to practice. He practiced yesterday. He will uh, practice again today, and we expect him to play this Saturday. So there you go. That's always good news. So, again, Will Campbell, left side. 
Emory Jones Jr., right side, two freshmen. Um, of course, we all know what Billy Napier did for his tenure as the coach of the Raging Cajuns. Um, I think it's without question, without doubt, he goes down as the greatest coach in the university's history based upon the number of wins and the amount of time that he was here, the number of bowl wins that he, bowl games that he went to, the bowl wins, wins a conference championship, did it all, did it all. Um, and I don't think anybody faults Billy Napier for, nobody could possibly fault him for leaving uh, and going into a Power 5 conference school with a, with a, with a bigger, thicker paycheck. Um, and uh, you know, everybody wishes him well. Hopefully not this week, but Billy Napier's opening thoughts on the game against LSU. We're right in the middle of the work. You know, we'll continue to work hard to create an identity for this team, you know, halfway through. We're really working hard on the mental toughness of our team, the ability to overcome obstacles, you know, coaches accountable, players accountable, uh, and really competition. Right, uh, earning our opportunities uh, to compete. Right, so I've got to take ownership of our mistakes. I continue to work on our fundamentals here and eliminate the bad ball. Right, um, realizing that practice execution will eventually show up on game day, but overall, you know, right in the middle of the action here, uh, trying to help our players prepare the right way and create some confidence. Billy really never said much, did he? he? He talked long and long and drawn out, but he never really said anything noteworthy. So he never even mentioned LSU. He, he just talk, talked about mental toughness. Now he's going to talk about his defense and their performance to date. Listen up. You know, we knew that we, we were going to have to play our best ball and certainly defend them. Um, and we had a good plan, and we had some great individual performances. But overall, we played much better team defense at every level, right? Line of scrimmage, edges, second and third level. Ben Trail being right at the heart of that. And, uh, you know, just every time you thought that maybe they had something going, uh, 51 came out of nowhere to get the guy on the ball. All right. Well, um, look, th this is – this isn't a – these are two very similar teams. Right? They both hired a new coach because the direction of the program was not in the direction that was the norm. Uh, Florida and LSU meet for the 69th time Saturday night in Gainesville. It'll be a 6 o'clock kickoff. Um, both teams are 4-2. and two. Gators are coming off a homecoming win over Missouri. LSU coming off one of their worst home losses this century. That 27-point trouncing at the hands of Tennessee. LSU's won three straight over the Gators. Tiger Seniors hoping to go 4-0 against Florida, which will be a first for any LSU four-year senior class. This game may partially serve, whether fairly or unfairly, to some as a referendum on which school made the better hire. I disagree with that. I think both coaches will be successful at their stops. I think both Kelly and Napier will be very, very successful. You, you can just tell. Um, 
Can LSU's defense stop Florida's running attack? They, um, between Anthony Richardson, Naquan Wright, Trevor Etienne, and Montrell Johnson Jr., they can run the football. And they like to run it. Johnson, the transfer from UL, averaging a staggering eight yards per carry, and he leads Florida in yards gained after contact. It's tough to bring down. Can LSU do that? We shall see. So Florida has outstanding depth. They rate 17th nationally in rushing offense, third in yards per attempt, and 22nd in rushing success rate. Pretty good. LSU had a tough go last week, shredded to the tune of 263 yards on a 5.4 yard per carry clip by Tennessee last week. So what's going to happen there? Can LSU's run defense show up against the best rushing offense that LSU has played against all season long? That is the key. Conversely, Florida doesn't want to see LSU do what they did a year ago. As I told you, they upset the Gators behind TD Price's 287 yards and three touchdowns, pacing a 300-plus yard Tiger game uh, on the ground. You keep Florida's offense on the sideline, you run, you control the clock, you shorten the game, and most importantly, you bore the game. You bore it down, and you don't let that swamp crowd get revved up because it's loud and it's nasty. It really is. So that's a very important key aspect to this game without question, without doubt. And can LSU control Anthony Richardson? Micah Baskerville has been great. One of the nation's best coverage backers and Harold Perkins Jr. I don't want to hear about uh, the scheme didn't fit his skill set. That's baloney. He's too valuable athletically. LSU made a mistake playing just nine downs against Tennessee. That's a big mistake. And deep down in their souls, the coaching staff will admit, we screwed that up. He's too good. 26 tackles, two sacks, an interception, 13 pressures. He's got to play. He's got to play the whole time. He's too valuable athletically regardless of whether LSU is playing against a spread team or a power team, put your best players on the field, Brian Kelly. It's ridiculous. Madhouse, put them out there and let them play. Let them play. So it's all about the run game and which quarterback plays better. Uh, Eight of the past 10 games have been decided by a possession or less. Really close. Did you know that Florida, after this game, will play just one more time in the Swamp? They'll host South Carolina in November, so they got a lot of road games. A win against LSU would give Billy Napier a legitimate shot at a 6-1 home mark in his first year. That would be an impressive feat for any Florida head coach. Uh, it's a sellout crowd. Can LSU hold it? Can LSU control it, not turn the ball over? We shall see. We'll get uh, our picks uh, as the show rolls on. But we'll go after this timeout. We'll get a, an analysis of all the big games in the SEC uh, with Adam Spencer from Saturday down south. But the Tesh Project is hosting the 
Shake Your Tail Feather Paddle Parade and Party in the park on October 22nd. A pair of live Cajun bands will escort paddlers as they float from Poche Briggs to Bro Briggs from 10 to noon. After the paddle parade, there'll be a free celebration at Parc de Pont in Bro Briggs from 11.30 to 2. Horace Trahan and the Osun Express will be playing. There'll be kids' activities, foods and drinks, bird costume prizes, and a kayak raffle. Come paddle or join the fun with the Tesh Project on October 22nd in Brobridge. For more information, the website is teshproject.org. Adam Spencer, when we return, talking SEC football, updated score, 2-2, Yankees, Guardians, top of the seventh. We'll be back. The Jordy Helper Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back at uh, 38 minutes after the hour. We're very thankful for our next guest to be patiently waiting for us. That's Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South to go over all the big matchups in the Southeastern Conference this week, and it starts with the collision of undefeated top 10 teams with a couple of Heisman-caliber quarterbacks at this point in the season. It all speaks for itself on Rocky Top. Adam, good afternoon, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Jordy. How are you? I'm terrific. Um, Alabama has been there, done that. This is common for them. Everywhere they play, it's the biggest game of the year. They understand that. This is kind of new for Tennessee. Alabama's favored by seven in this one. What What are your thoughts uh, one day before the big showdown? The thing that uh, that I will be on, you know, just the, the thing that I like the most out of this line, I, I love the under. I think that this is a defense that's unlike anything that Tennessee has played yes. uh, before. Yes. And, and they're expecting, you know, I think the over-under is like 66 or 68 points. Either way, I don't think I don't think either of these teams is going to get to 35 points in this game. Uh, I think that there's too much talent on the defense, and I think that there's too much – I think there's too much talent on the Alabama defense to let Tennessee have its normal offensive output. And then on the other side of the ball, I think Alabama has too many question marks on, on offense to uh, – to put up that kind of number, uh, especially if, if Bryce Young can't play. And even if he does play, you know, I, I don't expect him to be at 100%. I don't expect him to be mm-hmm. his normal Heisman self. And I do expect the crowd on Rocky Top to to really affect what uh, the timing and, uh, and all that for the Alabama offense. So I, I think the under is a very safe play on this one. I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring ga- game compared to what people expect. Does it come down to which team runs the ball the best? And if that's the case, who has the better running game? This Jameer Gibbs has been unbelievable, but we saw last week against LSU, Tennessee ran the ball all over the yard. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that the Alabama running game is better under Jalen Milrow. I I think that, uh, you know, when you, like, I think he's unlocked Jameer Gibbs a little bit, and uh, that's going to be interesting to see if Bryce Young is the guy because, if you have Bryce Young 
and you're doing a read option, like Milrow was keeping a lot of those and having success with it. Bryce doesn't keep it as much. He doesn't run as much as as Milrow does. So that that affects the way that uh, that the running game works as a whole. That the, the defense can key on Gibbs if uh, if Bryce Young is in there. So you know, I, I do think that he'll still have success because he's super talented. But uh, I would. I would say that the Tennessee running game does have the edge in this one, in this one but uh, you know, I, so I, it goes back to the quarterbacks for me. You know, who mm-hmm. who can really take a step towards uh, cementing their Heisman credentials in this one and uh, make one more big play down the stretch? Gosh, it's almost like is Hendon Hooker this year's edition of Joe Burrow, and the and the litmus test for LSU in that championship run was the Alabama game. That was the Rubicon that separated a great, a really good season from a great season. And Tennessee's right there on the doorstep, right? If they win this one, wow. Um, there's still other hurdles, obviously, but this is the one they haven't done it in 15 years. So, uh, give me, give me your, give me your prediction. Who wins this thing? I think, uh, I think Alabama still has the edge. I don't think that this Tennessee team is uh, quite the world beater that uh, 2019 LSU was. But, uh, you know, this is a great opportunity for them. Uh, 2019 LSU was the last team that beat Alabama and Georgia in the same season. So yeah. that's something that uh, Tennessee can take a step towards this weekend. But uh, for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, take Alabama 23, Tennessee 21. 23-21. Wow. What a game it would be if it lives up in Peyton Manning. Well, I'm sure pick the Tennessee Vols to win as he is the celebrity guest picker um, come Saturday morning. Uh, another game of interest to me, uh, Mississippi State at Kentucky. Uh, the Bulldogs of State go into the Commonwealth as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. A lot of that, I'm sure, has been based upon the the status of Will Levis, who remains kind of in limbo, settled down. Um, and yesterday with the word that, that Levis is on track to start. So does that affect your mindset on this game? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I think that uh, if, if he is able to start and if he's able to move around the way that he normally does, then, you know, that is a big plus for Kentucky, who desperately needs him. I mean, we saw it impact them last week against uh, South Carolina, but uh, – yeah, I think that this is a really interesting game because of what it would mean for Mississippi State. You know, this is a game that the Bulldogs lose. Like they, they're having a lot of success in the past three years under Mike Leach. You know, when they have some success, they take a step back. Well, now this is the time to really show that you've made a jump as a program and you can go into a road environment and pick up a win. And uh, you know, I think that Will Rogers is going to be uh, counted on to really put up a lot of points in this one, especially if Will Levis is starting along on the other sideline. So this is a game that will tell us a lot about Mississippi State and just yeah. where they stand as a program uh, moving forward. Are they an elite team this year, or are they just a pretty good team? Yeah. Um, I really like Mississippi State in this one for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I can be talked out of it. We'll see. Uh, the big question, Adam Spencer, Saturday down south, why in the heck did Arkansas – schedule a trip to BYU after having to play Texas A&M, Alabama, and Mississippi State. Whoever the schedule maker is for the Hogs, they got to get their head examined. <laughs> yeah, I love that trip. Uh, it just That just seems like more of like a week two road trip, not a week 
seven yes. or eight road trips. So yes. yeah, I, I agree with you. That's a, that's a, that's a tough road trip in the middle of uh, SEC season because uh, BYU is a really good. This isn't like it's not like they're going out to play in you know, the Weber State, which is right. a really good FCS program, but it's still an FCS program. So yeah, that that's a tough place to go play. I mean, it's a beautiful stadium and just an absolutely stunning part of the country. Uh, you know, so I. I used to live out in Utah, and it's it's it, like it's an amazing state. Uh, but oh, yeah, that's a, that's a road trip that you take uh, you take in September, not in not in October. Uh, at least KJ Jefferson is expected to start after sitting out last week's loss in Starkville with uh, an apparent concussion. With him, Arkansas's got a fighting chance. Without him, they got no shot. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. I think that uh, you know they sort of saw what they had in their other guys last week. But uh, KJ Jefferson is the heart of that team. And as he goes, they go. Uh, and, you know, they're going to – I expect them to to win. Like, this is a – you want to be a top-tier SEC team? This is – you you know, you got to – it's a tough game on the schedule, but you got to go into that environment. you gotta you got to pull out the win somehow, some way. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I, I agree with you that they have a better chance of that with – Jefferson on the field than with uh, than with their backups that they played last week. Speaking of quarterbacks, um, LSU at Florida. The Gators are anywhere from two and a half to a three point home favorite in this one. Jaden Daniels of LSU, Anthony Richardson, Florida. They're athletic and they are both central to their team's success, without question, without doubt. You've got two first year head coaches. Brian Kelly at LSU, Billy Napier at Florida. These, this is kind of a litmus test to see where these programs are. What do you think of LSU at Florida? Yeah, I'm honestly a little bit surprised that uh, that LSU is the underdog in this one. It, I I know that the Swamp is a tough place to play, but uh, I just have not been impressed with Richardson outside of you know that first week, and uh-huh. then he looked okay against Tennessee, helping them come back after they were down big, but. Uh, you know, last week against Missouri, they only put up 17 points offensively. And in that 24 to 17 game, the difference was just the absolutely inexcusable pick six that Brady Cook threw. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that, that was the difference in the game. It wasn't anything that Anthony Richardson was doing. Uh, the off, the Florida offense only put up 17 points and a lot of that was due to the, to the running game. I mean, Florida's running game is what, you the Tigers need to control on Saturday because they have like three guys averaging yeah. over six yards a carry right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when those guys are on the field, you got to key on them. And, uh, you know, one of those guys is Anthony Richardson, but, you know, he doesn't run all that much. And, uh, and you know, when if he can't beat you with his arm, then I, I actually like the Tigers in this game. Okay. I, I like that as well. Um, Richardson has been a turnover machine, uh, seven interceptions, um, had that pick six against Tennessee that was just a killer. He's lost two fumbles. So um, if LSU can – I think LSU has to run the ball. They, they they couldn't run it a year ago, and Ty Davis-Price ran for like 287 yards. Couldn't believe it as, as the team for MLSU ran for over 300, and that's how they upset Florida. I think whichever team runs the ball the best maybe wins this thing. Yeah, and I think that a lot of that's going to come down to Jaden Daniels. I, I think he's going to need to have, you know, maybe a hundred yard day on the ground by himself, uh, and then you know you cobble together another 
hundred, hundred and fifty yards with the running backs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're they're down a couple of linemen. I think uh, Dellinger is still out, so that's a, that's a big loss. Uh, you know, I, I think that they'll uh, they'll. But I mean, Jaden Daniels is just so electric that you know it might not matter that when he has the ball, that might affect the running backs a little bit more. So I'm going to be looking for Jaden Daniels to to really have a big day on the ground uh, of his own. Okay, so you're picking Alabama. You're picking um, Miss. Did you pick Mississippi State or Kentucky? I'm going Mississippi State too. I, I think that they'll get it done and take the next step as a program. All right. Um, does Auburn keep it close at Ole Miss, or does uh, Ole Miss cover the 14, 14 and a half? You know, I like it right around that number. So I'll say that Auburn covers and only loses by thirteen or fourteen points in, in that one. But I, I do like I do like Ole Miss to to stay undefeated. You like LSU to win. You like uh, Arkansas, or you like BYU? I'm gonna say BYU wins this one. I. I, I think that this is just too tough of a task with KJ Jefferson, maybe not 100%. And Vanderbilt at Georgia, what people don't realize is in 2016, the Commodores dealt first-year head coach Kirby Smart a 17-16 defeat. Georgia was stopped short on a fourth and one run with the game on the line. Um, and that was, as Kirby Smart said, the most embarrassing, sick to my stomach moment of my head coaching career. Um, last year, uh, they led 35 zip over Vanderbilt after one. They went on to win 62 to zip, holding Vanderbilt to only 77 total yards. George is favored by 38 and a half. 38 and a half. Do they cover that? I, I think they do. I, I, I think it's going to be, you know, like a 45 to, to three or something like that uh, sort of final. So I, I like them to I like them to really put the hammer down now that they're back in the number one spot in the eight people. And uh, I think that they get things going a little bit more. And uh, Stetson Bennett uh, shakes off some rust from the past couple of weeks and and has a big day. Wow. Trivia question. Who was the last Tennessee quarterback to beat Alabama? Eric Ainge. I know that yes. one. His name has come up a lot this past week. Eric Ainge. He's 36 years old now. He says, I have a 12-year-old a and three children, and he's the last quarterback to beat Alabama. We shall see. We shall see. Um, Adam Spencer, you know, you know well, this is what I love. Kentucky's getting ready to play Mississippi State on Saturday. Tonight is Wildcat Madness inside Rupp Arena, and they'll have 20-something thousand people there to watch the Wildcats run up and down the court. Nothing like it. Well, uh, soon we'll have to talk uh, both basketball and football during our, our conversations yes. here because uh, things are gearing up on the, on the court. I am looking forward to it, my friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Adam Spencer, Saturday Down South. Have a good weekend, buddy. Yeah, you all right. Uh, with the two-zip lead in the ALDS, the Houston Astros look to close out Seattle on Saturday. You can listen to the matchup between these AL West rivals on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. Astro launch starts at 237. First pick set for 307. Don't forget to tune in Saturday. Astros at the Mariners on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. Back to wrap up hour number one after this timeout here on the Jordy Helpert Show. 
Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. All right, top of the eighth, Yankees two, Guardians two, as uh, the Yankees try to take a two games to zip lead in that best of five uh, ALDS series. The Sweet Dough Pie Festival is coming back and serving up a slice of history and deliciousness. Every year, pastry chefs and home cooks vie to be crowned best in the Sweet Dough Pie Contest, where the public is the judge and of course a large variety of pies are available for purchase the sweet dough pie festival returns saturday october 29th from 9 a.m to 3 p.m at the grand coteau town park in grand coteau for more information call 337-331-6352 or visit the town of grand coteau's facebook page again lsu try to get back on tack try to put that tennessee debacle in the rearview mirror they're in Gainesville. Pre-game right here on the game begins at 4. Kickoff set for 6. LSU, Florida, live from the swamp here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Hour number two, next. Live and local, this is the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two, and away we go on this beautiful, I mean, Chamber of Commerce Friday, October 14th, the year 2022. Bottom of the eighth, Yankees two, Guardians two. In that one, we've got Atlanta and Philly to come, and we've got the Dodgers and the Padres on a very big baseball day. We've got the Pelicans tonight against the, the Hawks. we got some great college football tomorrow. And the Saints, welcome to former LSU Tigers and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to the Superdome at 12 noon, trying to right the ship against the um, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he covers the Saints. He covers the NFL. And we're thrilled on a Friday to always hook up with our good friend Larry Holder of The Athletic as we begin things. Larry, how are you, man? I'm good, Jordy. How are you today? I'm good till I saw the injury report with Deontay Hardy, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Marshawn Lattimore, and Peyton Turner all out. Jamar Chase must be licking his chops. Yeah, as soon as I saw uh, Marshawn Lattimore go down uh, pretty hard in the end zone, uh, I, you knew that that was probably going to be ailing him. And, I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, even with Cincinnati, I mean, you've got three capable wide receivers on that team in the first place when you've got yeah. Jamar, uh, you've got T. Higgins, and then you've got Tyler Boyd. Uh, but there's no doubt that Marshawn would have been following Jamar Chase. And, yes. look, Jamar's numbers haven't been as great as they were last year. Uh, but, uh uh, well, technically, neither has Joe Burrows either. But but I, I think though that uh, that you're right. I think Jamar uh, is going to be looking for a big game uh, back in his home turf. And I mean, look, the Saints need to be ready. I mean, look, they, they've got solid cornerback play uh, with Paulson Debo and Bradley Roby. But uh, I mean, can they 
can they hang tough with Jamar all game? I mean, all you need is one big explosive play, and then uh, you know the, the the tide can change. So it's definitely going to be a matchup to watch uh, Jamar versus whoever. Uh, whoever. I don't. I doubt, yeah. I doubt they'll have a corner shadowing Jamar at this rate. I agree. I agree. Larry Holder of the Athletic. One good thing, maybe, maybe he can keep this streak alive. Andy Dalton will be facing the Bengals, his former team, for a third straight season. This time. For the Saints, he is 2-0 and against his former team. Can he make it 3-0? and That's the big question. And to do so, what are the keys to this thing, in your opinion? Look, I think that, you know, you got to have some consistent offensive play. I mean, if that's been uh, inconsistent, uh, you're wondering how much Taysom Hill is going to be used. I mean, that's the thing. He was used so heavily last week. Uh, is he going to be able to be used that heavily again this week? Our team's going to be better prepared for that. Uh, so, uh, you know, and, and then I also look at it that the Saints have to take advantage of the Bengals and their inability to keep Joe Burrow completely protected. And right. obviously that's a weakness for, the, for Cincinnati, even though they've beefed up their offensive line. It's still – uh, kind of Joe Burrow running for his life uh, a bit. But the Saints, in terms of pressure percentage on opposing quarterbacks, they're last in the league. And that's not good, <laughs> especially no. when you don't have Lattimore. If you can't pressure Burrow and you don't have a shutdown corner, uh, that's going to be a problem. So the Saints have to generate a much better pass rush than they have been. And, and Jordy, this isn't really a – a one-year thing. I mean, this is this, it's gotten last year. They weren't great. They were, I think, twenty-first in pressure percentage. This year, they're thirty-two, and mm. it's basically the same group. And there, it seems like they're uh, the, the group's regressing in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback. And uh, you know, if if you can corral Joe Burrow uh, and make him feel a little heat, uh, that's that's one way that the Saints can. Uh, can can come in the dome and and, and pick up a look a, again a much needed win. I mean they're two and three. You get to three and three, and you're really still in the thick of things. You really uh, even are. in the division, much less the NFC. You're right, uh, Larry Holder of the Athletic. Everybody's talking about how many uh, LSU jerseys with Burrow and Chase are going to be inside the Superdome. But I I'm curious. I hope they announce the Bengals defense so people can scream and holler at Eli Apple. It's, it's, he's coming back after all the things he said about the city. <laughs> well, they, they typically don't announce the players on the opposing team anyway, so oh. you won't have that weird kind of moment where Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, right. and then Eli Apple would just be straight-up booze. You know that. Uh, so, <laughs> but it's, it's funny because – you know how well some fan bases travel, say like Pittsburgh. You know they they, right. they try to take over opposing stadiums. This one's going to be odd in the sense that you're not worried. Maybe you're worried a little bit because you know Cincinnati fans. You only get down here once every eight years, right. uh, but but they're not exactly known for being massive travelers. You're worried about your own hometown people. Cheering for people on the other team. It's, it's a yep. really a rare thing that you don't find too often in the NFL. And I, I would say if, I, if you were an LSU fan and a Saints fan, I would say you should maybe give the Bengals a bit of a cheer as they run out 
onto okay. the field, and then don't cheer them anymore. Right. <laughs> right. Then they're your opponent, and so maybe that's right. maybe that's the way that that will uh, that will work out in the dome. I don't know what to think about this game. I really don't. Um, so many players are hurt. Um, where do the Saints find another wide receiver? Chris Olave's not going to be a hundred percent, but yet again, <laughs> at this time of the season, who is? But you know, he's a uh, questionable. So oh my gosh, it, more Camara, more Taysom Hill. It seems to be the formula if they're good to go. Yeah, that has to be the formula. I mean, you you saw it worked uh, last week, and you're wondering though how much. Uh, you know how much more you want to get Kamara involved? Uh, look, he almost had 200 yards total yeah. offense, and then you had Taysom Hill. Uh, but Taysom Hill still got to be that kind of supporting player. But you mentioned all the all the injuries on offense too. I mean, they have to be your offense, and that's uh, that's something that I'm curious to see uh, how that goes. Because look, Cincinnati's defense is that that's not a bad unit. I mean, so it, it's yeah. not like you're a Seattle's defense was not very good. So yeah. you expected to be able to run the football against them. Cincinnati, nope. they're, you know, they're able to rush the passer. Their defense is definitely pretty solid. So can you – was last week just kind of a, a, a blip on the radar for, for, because of the other weeks that their offense, the Saints' offense wasn't that good? Or are the Saints really getting on track? And I think that's uh, – uh, you know, we're going to find out Sunday if, if the Saints are really right of the ship or, like I said, one, a one-week blip. Whereas Seattle's defense just wasn't very good. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, Cincinnati ability to rush the passer. That's the one Saint that I hated to see leave in Trey Hendrickson. I hate. I knew they couldn't afford him, but man, he's so good. Can you imagine him being with the Saints and their ability to rush the passer with him on the defensive line? He's really good. Yeah, and it seems like he only uh, he only got better after he left too. I mean, he was he was he was basically. Uh, becoming True. that Pro Bowl caliber player in his final year with the Saints, and, uh, and I mean he's living up to everything that he's getting paid for uh, yeah. in Cincinnati. And look, that's uh, the Saints. They go draft a first round pick in Marcus Davenport. Uh, he's been up and down, obviously. They go draft a first round pick with Peyton Turner, and he's been non-existent. Yeah, and yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll you, trade both of them, and you give me Trey Henderson, and I'm happy. I don't think people would disagree with you there. <laughs> I'll do a two for one, two for one. Give me Hendrickson and you take those other two guys and we'll go from there. All right. Got a couple of games. I want your opinion on. So give me a winner. What do you think of this? Low scoring, high scoring. What kind of, what, what do you see here? I'm going to say mid twenties. Uh, I'd say I will. I, I do think though that, that the Bengals, Joe Burrow's starting to get a little bit on track. I know, I know yeah. they weren't great last week, but the previous two games, Joe Burrow was more like Joe Burrow. Uh, and I think Jamar Chase has a chance to really kind of uh, blow the top off that defense because there's no Marshawn Lattimore. So yeah. I am going to go the, uh, with the Bengals 27-24 to beat the Saints. I don't think the Saints can score that much. I really don't. Um, so, all right, I like that. Um, two other really good games, Chiefs-Bills. What a shootout that's going to be. Oh, this is like the MVP uh, duel yeah. for uh, Josh Allen and, and Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Like, right now, they're the top two candidates to win the MVP. And, you know, whoever, whoever wins that game is going to kind of have that upper hand. And, 
uh, yeah, I am really looking forward to that one. I mean, we all remember what, what happened in the playoff Ooh. game. And, yeah. I mean, this might be yeah. the best regular season game of the year. Uh, and yep. so, uh, look, but I, I like the Bills in this one. I, Me I, too. I, I think they, yeah. I think, Me too. Yeah. Gosh, I think they we're got in, we're in agreement so far. That's scary. <laughs> all right, let's, let's break it with uh, another good one. In, in uh, the division rivals, backup quarterback for the Cowboys against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. It's in Philly. Does uh, does the quarterback from Dallas suffer his first loss? I say yes, and yet I, I look. I, I can see a scenario where Dallas wins. I did pick the Eagles in our in our picks on the Athletic, but Dallas's defense has been really good, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I got a story yeah. actually coming out tomorrow in the Athletic about uh, props rushing uh, throughout the league, whether it's teams and individuals. And uh, Dallas, uh, they have five players who can rush the passer really well. It's not just yeah. Micah Parsons. They have right. Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, you know, and look, they, they're really getting it done. Uh, and but Jalen Hurts. I mean, look, here's the thing: if the Eagles win, get you know, they're the number one seed in the NFC. And maybe Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes cancel each other out. Jalen Hurts might be the MVP. So yeah. that's how well he's playing. He's, he's become really much better as a passer. He's really good. Um, yeah, I, I still like the Eagles. I don't know why. I, it's, uh, something about that home crowd. I, I think they're I'm with really you. good. I'm with you. <laughs> okay, two two college games. I got your, your boy Peyton's heading up to Rocky Top to try and spur on the Volunteers. Bama been there, done that. This is every week for them. This is new for Tennessee. So much depends upon if Bryce Young's going to play or not. I think he will. But who do, who do you think wins that one? Is it nuts that I think Tennessee can and will? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think Tennessee just getting better and better. I mean, that's okay. uh, you know, and I think Alabama is still a little. Uh, I mean, I know even if they have a backup quarterback, they can put up big time points. But look, I, look I'm uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Tennessee, and let's let's Ooh. rock the boat here. Well, they will uh, they will drink all the beer at Calhoun's on the river on that one if that happens. And finally, uh, LSU at Florida. Who knows what to expect on this one? That's the thing. I just, I don't trust either quarterback. I don't. <laughs> I don't trust either Billy team. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't trust either team. So who knows? It might just be one of those wacky LSU Florida games. Uh, do I? Don't make me pick a winner because I don't. I don't feel good making a pick at all. I, I'll just. I'll say a tie. Let's have a tie, even though it does, can't happen in college football. We need less on the sidelines and do the fake field goal where the ball bounces perfectly. The uh, the oblong shaped football bounces straight up, and uh, LSU gets it and gets a first down. So that's uh, that's crazy. I'll never get the the fog game and the guy throwing the shoe that that got LSU the win. Crazy. Yeah, there's definitely been some crazy games in this series. But yeah, first year coaches for each program. I don't trust the quarterback, and I don't trust either team. So. Might be it might be a frustrating game to watch for for both fan bases. All right, go go lace up the kicks and get out on the tennis court because it's too pretty of a day to be inside. Larry Holder, the Athletic. Thank you. All right, Jordy. Talk to you next week, buddy. Take care, buddy. That's uh, yeah, uh, terrific. Uh, time for you to warm up your dancing legs for the official run and duathlon of Festival Acadian at Creole, a race through Lafayette's historic district and end up at Girard Park for Festival Acadian and Creole this Sunday. Compete in the 5K or 10K or the Run Paddle Run in the duathlon. Taking part in the event helps support local parks 
community projects, and the festival that you love. Volunteer or register at latrail.org. That's latrail.org. I hate to see a player get hurt, but sometimes that's what a team needs. Is that what the Raging Cajuns needed? Because I think they found their quarterback. We'll talk with George Faust of KLFY. Fridays with Faust when we return to the Jordy Helpert Show here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hello, Mr. Faust. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Jordy. How are you? I'm I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day. So how this is what makes sports so great to me. Your your starting quarterback is out. Your starting running back is out. You're riding a three-game losing streak. You're going on the road, one of the toughest places to play at Jones C. Edwards Stadium, uh, Marshall University, and the Raging Cajuns figure out a way, and I think, I think they found their quarterback. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the way it's just the way it works, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're right, though. I, look, look. Sometimes going on the road can be uh, uh, therapeutic, you know, uh, where where you get away from the noise and uh, you can just focus on football. And look, Ben Ben played great. Uh, I I was thoroughly impressed with the way he he threw the ball and how he was so confident in which direction to go in with the ball and. And I actually saw Coach Dez last night at the LCA Turlings game, and he was obviously doing checking in on some recruits, I guess, but whatever it was. Anyway, we I, I said, Coach, I mean, Ben played lights out, man. And like, I didn't, did, did you expect it? And he's like, you know, he, he, he we know he we knew he was that he has the ability. So, um, yeah, it's 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 now I think. You you've got a quarterback that you feel you can feel confident in. He can run too. I mean, yes. some of those runs. Like th- there was a third and twelve. He ran for fifteen yards. Probably yeah. could have got more if he would have uh, jumped over the defender. But uh, all good. And uh, just thoroughly impressed with his decision making, making yes. good throws. And that's what Coach Des talked about. Is that hey, look. The, the guy's a, a great, uh, and this is not a derogatory term, game manager. You know, he's not using it in it. That's that's what that's what they needed, and that's what he did. So, uh, and and he can make plays. So it, it's the best of both worlds with regards yeah. to being a game manager. And hey, I need you to throw a throw a slant into you know double coverage and, and trust your wide receiver, and it comes up with you know so well, he, things like that. He kept him in in really good down and distance situations, as you said. He made good reads. He he made some really good runs. He finishes seventeen of twenty nine for two hundred and thirty yards, no interceptions, two touchdowns. I mean, she whiz. Um, and then Terrence Williams, in place of Chris Smith, gets his first start. Um, and right. and he does pretty well as well. Yeah, look, and, and you know it's funny because. You know, nobody sees all the work that is put in that practice, right? So we don't know how how many how how much 
Coach Jazz knows, oh, this guy is going to be, he has the potential to be just as good as the guy in front of him. And, and, and I think that's, that's why we're, con- not us per se, but in general, we're considered fans because you don't see the whole picture all the time. So uh, when you make a judgment, you're seeing one side of it. But, yeah, the ability to, for, for the Cajuns to continually put out quality athletes, it seems like maybe, just maybe. I, I remember last week I said this was a kind of a must win for them. You know, they got to yeah. uh, – the reason I thought that is because you don't want you don't want the the, the morale of the team to completely hit the tank, right? Absolutely. And uh, and I think I think they did a good job of obviously getting a win. That is the most important thing, first and foremost. And I I think it it I asked Coach Des this last night, and you know, do you feel like you you know winning this game kind of validates what you're preaching to the team? And he they, he uh, he he answered it uh, saying they already know you know, how good this team can be and, and what we're doing is the right thing. So it didn't necessarily validate it anymore for him. But I think maybe internally they're thinking, oh. all right, whew, glad we yeah. got the wins. You know, it validates what we're doing. I'm telling you, he's telling his wife, he's telling his kids, woo we needed that one badly. <laughs> um, he's telling you, the reporter, oh, they already said they've never stopped believing. Of course not. Right. Well, whatever. Right. Whatever. Right. Not only did you find a quarterback, but you found a pass rush. They had a season-high five sacks. And because of that, Marshall said, we can't throw it, so we're going to try to run it. Problem was, the uh, Cajuns were well ahead. And that, all that did was play right into their hands. Right. Yeah, no. Look, the Cajuns' defense stepped up. I mean, it's it's just it's it was it was perhaps. Uh, well, I don't think I need to say perhaps. I think it was the best performance under Coach Dez for sure over the past uh, what you know, what are we at week six, five, six, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, even going back to last year's bowl game, which you know that was mostly Billy's team, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely uh, it was the best performance we've seen from them and the most complete. Not only the best, but I think they played. Uh, I mean, look, Kenny Almendaris kicks three field goals at the beginning of the year. He was fighting for his job, lost his job, got it back, and now he seems like he's kind of grasping hold of it and uh, and trying that fifty-two yarder is, is it's amazing. You know, to be able to keep that, that's a career best for him. So. Uh, the special teams played well. Everything clicked on a night where you needed it to click because you're on the road, you're in a hostile environment. Not only are you on the road, you're you're far from home. <laughs> like, right. They had a, a they had some trip. they had some traveling issues too. They yeah. got on the plane and had some of the plane for two hours because uh, um, apparently there was some fog at Lafayette, but I, I don't yeah. know. That's what they were told. And uh, so yeah, so getting back was an issue, but they eventually did. So, yeah, Always good. big win for the Cajuns. Yeah. Oh, George Faust, KLFY. Uh, man, Turlings um, and Lafayette Christian, what a show. Turlings Catholic gets the win with the, the late touchdown pass. Uh, that had to be awesome to watch. So what 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 game yeah. are we covering tonight? Oh, look, look, you know, I'm a Catholic League man. So, you know, I got to go check out John Curtis and Acadiana to start. For there you sure. go. Uh, that's where I'll, I'll be live tonight. Uh and we'll we'll check out that. That's that's kind of a that could be a, a preview of of some kind of postseason uh, 
playoff matchup uh, somewhere yeah. along the way because of the the way everything shakes out with select not select now. Um, I, I just I you know any ch- time you have a chance to go see John Curtis, uh, I, I try to take advantage of it just because it's kind of a legendary program, uh, and then it's. The game I, I said yesterday on the radio, I said uh, it's going to be – it'll be like an hour and a half game because <laughs> they're running two beers going running like crazy, don't they? Other, you yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, so, Curtis is 5-1. and one, Acadiana is 5-1 uh, and one as well. Um, Opelousa's Catholic has to go to Catholic Point Capi, and Catholic Point Capi is pretty good. They're 6-0. and oh. So we got that. It's uh, always some good game. Lafayette at Sam Houston, Westgate at North Vermilion, um, St. Martinville nope. at St. Charles Catholic. So uh, yeah. we'll see. We shall see. But that what a great yeah. win. What a great win. Who you got, LSU or Florida, big guy? Who you got winning that one? Ooh. Oh, man. I, look, that, I, you know, I, I, I think Florida will probably eke it out. I think it's going to be very close, though, man. Yeah. I like that game. I, I was wrong last week, so what do I? You know, I thought I yeah. thought LSU was going to win against Tennessee, and I, I was I was in the stadium for that uh, that meltdown. Um, <laughs> but that was over it, early. I just I just think be, being at home, Florida's got a little bit of an edge. So, like, if I was an odds maker, I don't know what the line is, but if I was an odds maker, it would be about three. Because I don't, yeah, I don't think Florida's as talented, but I think being at home kind of offers them a little bit of an edge. And, uh, you know, I, I, Jordy, I heard a rumor, and you, you might be able to clear this up for me, you might have heard something, that Walker Howard might be playing in this game. I, I, I don't know if you've heard that or not. I have not, I, I have not I, heard, I heard that, no. So I, I don't know how true that is, but uh, I heard a rumor about that. And, and I got to see it to believe setting. it. Right, me too, me too. I, I completely agree. But that was complete rumor, and uh, I, I just I, I heard it, and I was like, man, I, that I don't know what the rule is on on uh, the red shirt. You can only play in four. Play you can play in four you, games, you four games, and four. continue to keep oh, your so red shirt. Oh, you only shirt. play one, right? Right. Yeah. So there been one or two. Uh, I don't know. I yeah, one two. or two. Yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting though. That that was a, when somebody told me that I was like, wow, that that'd be interesting if he abandons because yeah, according to him, I had according to, to Coach Kelly, last weekend in the post game press conference, he said uh, the quarterback play wasn't the problem, which I kind of turned my head at a little bit. But uh, so if that's you know if he really believes that, then there's no reason to to switch out and go with somebody. Uh, Quarterbacks uh, are like. Quarterbacks are like golfers and tennis players. Man, they they're fragile. Man, you gotta you gotta <laughs> pump them up. You can't be critical of them. You lose them. So they're right. always going to build up the quarterback to the, to everybody else, so the quarterback can hear that. All right, George. Right. Um, I yep. appreciate the time as always. Go have yourself a great weekend and uh, have fun at the high school game with John Cur- the legendary John Curtis of John Curtis That's it. Christian High School. And, so, and lastly, it's who that. Over who day? I'm just saying that's gonna happen. I'm with you. Um, put your <laughs> LSU jerseys away. Put your black and gold on. And who that over who day? I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. Thank you, George. All right, Jordy. Good talking to you. Talk to you later. All right, bye. Goodbye. 
Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Jordy Holdberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. That's my favorite uh, day of the week, favorite time of the day. Um, Before we get to our picks, deuces are wild in the ALDS. Yankees, Guardians, 2-2 with two outs in the top of the ninth. Um, So we'll keep you updated on that. And this just in, Darnell Green Jr., the alleged victim in Alvin Kamara's battery case in Las Vegas on the eve of the Pro Bowl, filed a civil suit against Kamara today in Orleans Parish Civil District Court via attorney Tony Busby in Texas and John Munoz in Louisiana. He requests a jury trial. The lawsuit brings claims for assault and battery and seeks both compensatory and punitive damages in excess of $10 million. With that bad, sad note, I welcome in our good friend George Becknell. George, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Jordy, I, obviously I'm doing better than that guy. You know, he's wanting $10 million from getting beat up. But, you know, I can't complain. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Uh, you guys ready? We got some really good games. You ready to give us your expert analysis? I'm ready. Let's do it. James, are you ready? Yeah, this is a tough slate. This is really good. This is some tough games. Let's this start with the, Let's start and come right out the gate with the biggest one yet. Um, two undefeated teams, both in the SEC, Alabama at Tennessee, Bama favored by seven. George, let's get you started in a winning way. Who you got and why? Man, Nick Saban is 15-0 against the Tennessee Volunteers. Everything has to come to an end, doesn't it? After Saturday, he'll be 15-1, George. Look, look, Bryce Young is not going to be 100%. You know, he's going to be – so pumped up on on meds, if he does play, he's not going to have that touch. And the backup quarterback, good athlete, but he's not a passer. You know who is a passer? Hendon Hooker. Yeah. Ten interceptions, no picks, doesn't turn the ball over. I think Tennessee finally gets off the snide. Peyton Manning, Philip Fulmer will be in the crowd singing Rocky Top, and they get it done. I like Tennessee in this one. Ooh, okay. Bama's been there, done that. Tennessee, new to the party. James, what do you think? I really love what Hendon Hooker's doing. This this does feel eerily similar to what happened with Joe Burrow in his 2019 Heisman season. This could be his Heisman moment right here, right now. And I think with that, the fact that if Bryce Young does play, won't be 100%. It feels a lot like what happened a few years ago. Uh, I usually don't pick against Bama, but... <laughs> I'm going to pick Tennessee with this one as well. (laughs) Best defense Tennessee's played by far. Best offense Bama's played by far. Bama struggled with Bryce Young, a healthy Bryce Young, in Texas against the Longhorns in front of that rabid crowd. So, again, 
They're used to the environment. That's not going to shake them. Um, can Jameer Gibbs have a great game? I think that's going to be essential for Alabama. Um, golly sakes, a lot. 15 straight wins. Every dog has his day. And isn't that, uh, isn't that a volunteer dog? So give me, let's make it a clean sweep. Tennessee, (laughs) close. Give me a close one. That hunting hound dog. But I hate hearing that Rocky Top. Oh my God. I hate it with a passion, (laughs) but I do. All right. Um, two teams that run the ball and run the ball exceptionally well. Penn State at Michigan. Michigan hadn't played anybody anybody now they do does harbaugh and company win in the big house george jordan i'm looking at this man neither one of these teams have been that impressive it's been like the the least impressive undefeated game in this point in the season by recent history you know because neither one of them beat anybody that you just want to go wow at right yeah, yeah but i'm looking at this i like jj mccarthy better than i like sean clifford so I'm going to just go with Michigan because I like the quarterback better. But they do not cover the spread. I think this game is going to be close. It's going to be low scoring. Michigan gets it done at the end. So I predict Michigan to win around three points. So I like Penn State in the spread. But just Michigan is going to win the game. Michigan to win the game. All right. I like how you're doing this now. All right, uh, James Mesh. For me, I when it comes to these type of games, whenever it's like no one's really – too far ahead of the other i tend to lean towards the home team since they have that home field advantage with that i know that harbaugh really struggles against those big time games but this doesn't feel like it so i'm gonna lean with michigan on this one michigan always has one of those games where they just stink up the joint um and they lose to somebody that you really don't think they should but that's not going to be the case here uh give me harbaugh over franklin give me michigan over penn state we go now guys to the big 12 a pair of undefeated rivals come in, 5-0 and overall, 2-0 and in conference play. Boy, this would be a huge win for either one. TCU owns college football's number two total offense and the nation's second most efficient quarterback. This sounds like, to me, a, big, a typical one of those we-don't-play-defense-in-the-Big-12 shootouts. You like the uh, Oklahoma State or the Horn Frogs of TCU? It's in um, it's in uh, TCU's home stadium. Uh, I'm so, on George, what, stadium. what do you like? Jordan, I'm looking at this, man. I'm excited about this game. I think this is going to be a really, really good game. And they almost look like like reflections of each other, right? They both got really, really good quarterbacks. They both got less than average defenses, but they score a lot of points. But I, I like Max Dugan because he's, on, he's throwing 14 touchdowns to one interception. Yeah. But here's what puts TCU above Oklahoma State for me. This many games into the season, they're averaging 6.6 yards a carry. To your point, they're not going to be able to stop them in the air on the ground. I like TCU in this one, and I think TCU just keeps rolling through this, what's left of the Big 12. All right, we got one for the Horn Frogs. James, who you like? More of the same for me. I'm leaning towards the home team. I'm going to take the Horn yeah. Frogs in this one. Two really good offenses, but – Got lean with the home team in this case. Unanimous. Duggan is good, is good. Number 16, Mississippi State at number 222, Kentucky. Kentucky's on a two-game losing script. People are going, they should never have been ranked as high as they were. Well, okay. Um, the air raid comes in. Uh, 
They own two wins in the West Division already. They have a shot to move to three and one in the conference. Could pick up a critical win looking ahead to a schedule that's none too favorable because the Bulldogs have to play against Alabama and Georgia down the road. Woo, they better get wins while they can. Do they get one in Lexington Saturday, George? They absolutely get one in Lexington. You know, this is this, Lexington's a basketball place. You know, they don't know how to come back after losing two games in a row. You know, they, they, it's just not a thing up there, you know. And I think that Mississippi State's defense, look, I, I think they're better than the statistics say. I like the defensive line. And Will Rogers has been playing out of his mind. Kentucky just showing us that they're not ready for the bright lights outside of Rupp Arena. So give me give me Mississippi State and Will Rogers to win this game. All right, it's a battle of wills, right? Will Levis is due back for Kentucky at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Will Rogers for Mississippi State. They are having I think their, Rogers is better though. They're having their midnight madness tonight, although it's at like <laughs> seven o'clock Lexington time. So Calipari will run the boys out, and they'll do all the high-flying dunks and stuff. So uh, which Will are you going for, uh, James? Love both Wills, but I got to lean with Rodgers on this one. He just feels like he's he's doing a lot better. I mean, just look at his stats alone. 22 touchdowns, just three interceptions so far on the, on the year. I also like that it's a four-point spread in favor of the Dogs. I'm going to have to take them in that one. We are agreeing way too much in these games. I don't like I think, it, but... Um, I think we may but, start straying from the pack after but, these picks. But we are all in agreement there. All right, a must-see rivalry in the SEC every year, although this year's edition is between two unranked teams. You got your first-year head coaches in Brian Kelly for LSU, Billy Napier at Florida. Um, LSU's won the last two when they were uh, underdogs, pretty heavy underdogs, even an underdog at home a year ago. Uh, they're kind of similar. They rely on their quarterbacks for everything. Who? Uh, it, it seems like a, a toss-up here and there. James, set me uh, – I mean, George, set me straight. Who you got, the Tigers on the road or the Gators at home? Well, give me the Tigers on the road because, you know, you look at Anthony Richardson, he's got more interceptions and touchdowns, and Jaden Daniels is not going to turn over the football. That's one thing he's not going to do. Florida defense is allowing 186 yards per game on the ground. I think this is the how game. Many, how many LSU, yards does LSU get on the ground? 50? They get about 132 yards a game on the ground. Mm-hmm. I think, I think LSU is going to get their running game back together. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like less miles in the stadium mm-hmm. watch. But but now, nah, I, I think uh, I think Florida is going to turn the ball over way too much. I look for Ojalari to make good plays on defense. And I look for the LSU to have three takeaways in the swamp. And I think the Tigers – take care of business in a rivalry that's not really a rivalry anymore. If Harold Perkins if Harold Perkins plays nine games, I'm throwing the TV. Nine plays, I'm throwing the TV out the window. I'm throwing it out the window. Those coaches made it. They'll say, oh, it was the scheme and the style. Baloney. You put your best players on the field. It aggravates me. James Mesh, you going to agree with George on this one? No, this is where I start straying from the pack on this one. LSU, they just have two slow starts and they get behind so early. It's been what feels like really lucky big breaks for them the last couple of games against Florida. I think this time Florida, they just figured out they're at home. You got to lean towards the Gators on this one for me. Oh, man. LSU's won two in a row. Um, God, I don't know what to think of either team. I, I, the Swamp is the Swamp. Um, <laughs> George wants you on his side so bad. 
Oh, I know he wants to be on his side so bad, but I'm I'm betting with if I was betting with his money, I would bet LSU, but I'm betting with mine. <laughs> I'm betting with mine. I, I, give me the Gators in a close one. I don't trust I don't trust LSU's special teams. Oh, I don't trust LSU's run game. I just I, I don't know what to I don't know what to think. I hope I'm dead wrong. I was so wrong with UL at Marshall. I was so wrong on that one. I hope I'm so wrong here, but give me Give me the Gators. Give me the Gators. All right, let's switch to the um, not-for-long league known as the NFL. Three big games in my book. How about the Bills at Kansas City, George? Come on. Wow. The two favorites for MVP, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. They put up an epic show in the playoffs a year ago, which changed the rules, right? We don't have sudden death in overtime anymore because of that game. So what do you think? Right. Man, George, I'm looking at this. Both teams got – members of the secondary that's out, this is going to be a track meet. Yeah. I think the first person to score 45 points with this game, and I, I just got to feel like it's got to be Josh Allen in the Buffalo Bill. They've heard it all summer long about, oh, man, they almost beat it. They can't quite get over that hump and arrowhead. I know they've had a couple of tough, uh, tough games this year, but I think it's the Buffalo Bills' time. And I think they go get it done on the road in Arrowhead nice. by a small margin, but it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Good. All right, James. What do you who you got? For me, I think this is how it's going to go. I think Kansas okay. City gets the win in the regular season, but then we get to the AFC Championship game. We have Buffalo versus Kansas City once again. I don't know where it'll be. It just kind of depends on the rest of the regular season goes. But I think Buffalo gets their revenge in the playoffs. But for right now, I think Kansas City Kansas City still has the edge, and Josh Allen isn't quite able to get over that hump just yet. Okay. Can, uh, Buffalo Bills, are you listening to me? Buffalo, <laughs> listen to me carefully. Kansas City has a guy on their team. His name is Travis Kelsey. Can you please guard him? <laughs> Can you please guard the tight end? Make somebody else beat you. Don't let number 87. I mean, he caught three passes for seven yards and they were all touchdowns. Something absurd like that. Ridiculous. Guard the dude. I'm going with the Bills. I'm going with the Bills and Josh Yeah. Allen. And I'm going with the Bills to beat Kansas City in the playoffs. And I'm going with the Bills to go all the way, dadgummit, anyway. All right. And they yeah. may play against the next team up we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Can the backup quarterback win four in a row for the Dallas Cowboys when they go to the link and play the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts and those bad dudes on defense? George, who you like? Jordan, let me tell you something. Cooper Rush and Kirk Warner. This is not about to be this fairy tale ending. They're going to go to Lincoln Financial, and they're going to lose by two scores. Because, uh, look, th- this Eagles team, I don't know where Jalen Hurts went this summer to learn how to play quarterback, but he looks like he's playing quarterback very, very well. He's got <laughs> weapons. He's got a good defense. Yeah. They can run the ball. There are no weaknesses for this Eagles team, even though Dallas defense is elite. I recognize that, but Cooper Rush ain't, and he's not Kurt Warner. So give me the Eagles in this game going away. Eagles going away. All right, James, Cowboys, Eagles. As much as I love for us to have that continued conversation of should Cooper Rush start over Dak Prescott, I think that the Eagles will shut up and Cooper Rush finally loses his first game. Glad what he's been able to do. He's definitely earned himself a paycheck with another team after this year, though. I can hear John Facenda. It was a cool, crisp fall day 
in the city <laughs> of brotherly love, and these two arch rivals met on the field of battle. Give me the Eagles. Give me the Eagles. Give me the Eagles. All right, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase coming to the Dome. No Marshawn Lattimore. No uh, Michael Thomas. No Jarvis Landry. I mean, the, the injury report on the Saints is out of this world. Cincy versus N.O. George. Jordan, my heart wants me to say the Saints so bad. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, Chris Olave is probably not going to play. Or if he does, you'll probably be limited. Yeah. Andy Dalton has nobody to throw to. You don't have Marshawn Lattimore to guard Jamar Chase. I guess the only hope is the Bengals two tackles, Lyle Collins, LSU, another guy, or banged up. Yeah. Maybe the Saints defensive line can get some pressure on Joe Burrow. Give me the Bengals. I just, I, I just can't. I'm not, I'm not able to put to, to put my Saints up there. That All right. Me. All right, James. Who you got? Uh, I, I'm gonna take the Saints in this one. Super close. I think you're gonna be able to get like four or five sacks on Burrow, and one of them being in a crucial point late in the game on like a third down to make it like fourth and forever, and then they are able to make the tackler bat down the pass to secure the win. Here's what I say. I think Taysom Hill needs to play both ways. Put Taysom Hill on defense. <laughs> let him rush the quarterback and get after Joe Burrow because he's my man. Um, I'm going to go against reason and logic, and I'm going to take the Saints. I'm going to take the Saints in this one. So I hope you're right. We shall see. Real quick, in 10 seconds, i got to get a Halloween costume. What should I get? King Joffrey Jofer coming to America. Book it. Okay. James, you got an idea for me? Uh, I don't know. Elvis. I think I'm going to go Top Gun. All oh, right. We'll be go. finished up. There you go. Finish up the show after this time out here on the Jordy Helper Show. Thanks, guys. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, birthday wishes as we close out this week. Jared Goff is 28 years old today. Oh, by the way, if it's your day today, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Jared Goff is 28, former LSU safety. Man, he was so bulky and ripped. Leron Landry is 38 years old and one of the nicest dudes out there. Played basketball at Louisiana Tech, was a very integral part of the New Orleans Hornets as they made their rise, um, P.J. Brown is 53 years young today. Happy birthday, P.J. James, thank you so much for everything you do. Thanks to Adam Spencer, Larry Holder, George Faust, George Becknell. Thanks to you for listening in. Thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day. I hope I'm wrong on all most of my picks. I sure hope LSU wins. I sure hope the Saints win. What a great weekend of football. Enjoy it. We'll see you Monday. Stay healthy, my friends. Be kind and be happy. So long.